0: What's up, everybody? We're back. It's me, Dan, flying solo today. Uh, it's been a while since I've done a solo podcast, but uh, wanted to do a little bit of an NBA preview today. Uh, we had the uh, the official start of the league last night, Tuesday night. I'm recording this Wednesday afternoon, and uh, the league kind of kind of gets going in full force this evening. It's a lot of games tonight. Um, our, our Bucks uh, first game is tomorrow at Houston. We're, uh, we're going to get into a lot of things Bucks related and, uh, take a little bit of a tour around the league. Um, no China talk. I'm, I'm done with that topic. I've, I'm talked out about it. It's time for the games to start, move on and, uh, get into some fun stuff. So, um, no Goldberg today. He, uh, he'd be the first to tell you he's not much of uh of an NBA expert, he kind of leaves that up to me, so uh, I'm going to do my best here in the next—I don't know—half hour, 45 minutes, however long this goes—to give you some kind of a preview and, and, um, you know, if you're not a big NBA fan, maybe something I say will pique your interest a little bit and and, and get you get you interested. So, um, let's jump right into it. Let's start with the box. I mean, that's kind of what everybody listening to this show uh, is is most interested in. Um, you know, as a Buck fan, uh, the the innocent fun part is over. The hard part starts now. Um, you know, the last couple years, the Bucks have kind of been the little engine that could. You got the uh, the homegrown star in Giannis. Um, we, we we've got to see him blossom. But um, now, after last year, winning sixty games, number one record in the East, um, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Playtime's over for the Bucks. It's 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 winning time now, and you know we are we are really in year two of a possible uh, about a seven year window of opportunity to win a title. Um, obviously, the caveat being that that uh, Giannis sticks around that entire time, but um, he's under contract this year and next year, and uh, he's eligible to sign uh, an extension this fu- this summer. Um, whether he does that or not remains to be seen. I still am leaning towards him accepting the offer for Milwaukee, which will be a five year, $250 million deal. Yes, that is a quarter of a billion dollars for a basketball player. It's crazy, but that's, that's the market. Now we can all thank TV for that. Um, but we're in year two of a seven year window, um, um, you know, if he re-signs for five more years, that, that gets us out to seven years. Um, that takes him to the age of about 31, 32, which is kind of the top end of of the prime for for most superstars in the NBA unless you get a rare bird like a LeBron who is just a physical specimen and never gets hurt. So, um, you know, heading into this year, this is probably the deepest Bucks team that I can ever remember Um in my lifetime. Uh, I think they're, they're a legit 10 deep. Um, you could even on certain nights get into the, uh, the 11th or 12th guy on the bench. I don't think there's going to be a heck of a lot of drop off there. You know, it's some, some nights it's going to be matchup dictated personnel dictated, but you know, if, if guys are out for what a variety of reasons, injury, sickness, whatever, or, or just a rest rest night. Um, I think this team has enough pieces that they can uh, they can compete with everybody um, in the league on any given night, um, you know. I didn't talk a lot about free agency with the Bucks uh, last summer. Um, obviously, the the big loss is Malcolm Brogdon. Um, lose him in a sign in trade with Indiana. The Bucks were able to get back a, a protected first round pick from the Pacers for Brogdon. He ends up signing a four year, eighty million dollar contract with the Pacers um you know it's it's one of those things uh he's a nice player he's a good player um I know a lot of people nationally have have tried to make that into I think they're making it into a little bit bigger of a deal than it is um at best Brogdon's your third best guy I don't think um, him being on the team or not being on the team is going to make or break whether or not the bucks can bust through the 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 ceiling of the Eastern conference and get to the finals. Um, he was a very, very valuable guy in the playoffs because of his ability to, to break guys down off the dribble and create his own shot, create some shots for others. But at the same time, I think he probably had his career year last year. Um, you know He was a member of the 50-40-90 club, 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the free-throw line. There's only been six or seven guys in NBA history who have ever done that. Um, a, pro- a big product of that was the system that Budenholzer put in last year, along with playing alongside a guy like uh, Giannis, who... You know, it doesn't really matter who's on the floor with Giannis. He's got so much gravity when he's out there. He sucks everybody to him, which leaves guys on the perimeter uh, open for shots. Brogdon's going to find out this year in Indiana what a lot of guys over the years have found out when they've left superstars. It's not quite as easy when you're on your own. You know, it's it's a little different for uh, when you're out there with Giannis versus when you're running around out there with Miles Turner and, and Domitus Sabonis. So... Um, it is a loss for the Bucks, but I think that um, with what they did in the offseason, they've, they've more than offset that. Um, Bucks brought in uh, Wesley Matthews, Wisconsin product, uh, went to Madison Memorial High School, played college ball at Marquette. Um, he will most likely slide into Brogdon's spot at the uh, shooting guard position. Uh, they also brought in a veteran in Kyle Korver, um, one of the great three-point shooters in NBA history. He will come off the bench and give them some some help on the wing. And uh, they brought in the other Lopez. They brought in Rolo, Robin Lopez, who is, to put it nicely, he's nuts. Um, him and Brook are, are a trip together, but Robin Lopez is kind of crazy. Um, I, I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. I think he's going to be, um, a guy that he has a lot of fun with the media and, um, you know, I mean, you got 14 foot of Lopez on the bucks now, so that, that'll be pretty fun to watch. Um, you know, and, and with signing these guys like Matthews, Corver, and Robin Lopez, um, you know, these guys are pros. They've been in the league. All three of them have been in the NBA for ten years or more. Um, they've all had their own individual success on various teams. Um, Matthews and Lopez actually played together a few years ago in Portland, so they're pretty good friends. Um, Kyle Korver played for Budenholzer in Atlanta and was an All Star under him a few years ago, so there's a lot of familiarity there. Um, you know, there, this team there's there's no there's nobody that's a knucklehead. There doesn't appear to be any any selfishness, um, you know. And the good thing for for the the Bucks this year is that some of the things that happened to them last year, um, you know, Giannis winning the MVP, Budenholzer winning Coach of the Year, Horst winning Executive of the Year, Middleton being a first time All Star, Bledsoe being first team All Defense. Um, now all that stuff's out of the way. Now it's winning time, and. I think these guys know that. I'm sure Giannis would like to win another MVP, and I'm sure Middleton would like to make the all-star team again, but I don't think those guys are going to be going for that to for any kind of career validation. I think everybody on the Bucks knows right now that this is the time to win. Um, the Eastern Conference is is ripe for the taking. You have no LeBron anymore. You've got an injured Kevin Durant. Um, it's pretty much going to be a two-team race between the Bucks and Philly. We'll get into that as we as we preview the league, but um, a, a pretty golden opportunity, in my opinion, for the Bucks to uh, to finally take that step to get over the hump and get to the finals. Um, it's going to be fun, man. Uh, like I said, they tip off tomorrow night at Houston, which is going to be a really tough road game to start they are home saturday afternoon for the home opener against the miami heat i will be in attendance for that um i I always like going to the home opener if i can so that'll be a lot of fun get to see jimmy butler come home uh play against his old teammate Wes matthews so um i'm looking forward to that looking forward to the season as a whole so um just to kind of go through the roster a little bit here um Point guard depth is looking pretty good. You've got Bledsoe, who's going to start. Um, He had broken some cartilage in his rib uh, in a preseason game about about a week and a half, two weeks ago, and uh, no structural damage. It was basically a pain tolerance thing. I saw this morning that he has been cleared to play tomorrow, so I expect him to start. Uh, George Hill will back him up, and you've got Frank Mason uh, coming in as the third point guard on a two-way contract um he was the national player of the year at Kansas i think 3 or 4 i think 3 years ago um he's a small guard but you know he's got 75 80 nba games under his belt he will he will bounce back and forth between the wisconsin herd and the bucks this year kind of as needed but some nice insurance at that position um the shooting guard position uh, replacing brogdon this is um probably the most interesting spot on the team um they've got four guys that are all going to vie for minutes in West Matthews, Pat Connaughton, Dante Divincenzo, and Sterling Brown, and um, they all kind of do different stuff, which is which is really nice. Um, you know, Matthews is more of a spot up shooter. Um, Pat Connaughton, extremely athletic, extremely active, um, can knock down threes, can get to the basket. Um, Sterling Brown showed last year he was a guy that could defend bigger, bigger, stronger guards. And uh, he really improved his shot. He's, he's a guy that they like to stick in that corner as a spot up guy. And um, you know it'd be nice to see him get up into the high thirty, you know, thirty eight to forty percent range. That would really be a big deal for the Bucks. And then DiVincenzo, um, you know, got hurt last year. Didn't play a ton. I'm I'm really curious to see how he goes through this season. See what kind of minutes he gets. Um, he's an interesting prospect. He, he's a, he's a, he's a combo guard. I wouldn't really call him a shooting guard cause he's not a great shooter. He's, I wouldn't call him a point guard cause he, you know, he's not your prototypical, you know, set other people up kind of a player, but he's a ridiculous athlete, very similar to Connaughton. Uh, he can do a lot of things. He's got to improve his strength from last year and, and be better defensively, but, um, I'm excited to see kind of how he's progressed and it'll be nice to to be able to get him back on the floor. Um, the small forward position is probably where the bucks are the most thin. You've got Middleton. Who's going to start, um, Corver, as I, as I talked about earlier, will come in for, for some shooting. I mean, and Korver is going to be one of those guys where there's going to be nights. He plays 15, 20 minutes. There's going to be nights. He don't play. It's going to be very matchup dictated. The guy's 38, 39 years old. Um, he's not going to go out there and give you much defensively. He's kind of he's the kind of player, he's a specialist. You know, he's gonna go out, you're gonna get him a couple looks. If he knocks him down, you might leave him in. If he's not knocking him down, he's probably not gonna play a lot. So um, that'll be an interesting guy to watch. And then Thanassis Antetokounmpo, Giannis's older brother, um, rounds out the small forward crew. I don't think we'll see much of him. Um I think that was a little bit of a goodwill gesture from the Bucks to uh to bring him in. Um kind of make Giannis, you know, feel a little bit more appreciated than maybe he already did. But um I don't I don't expect to see a lot of Thanasis this year. Power forward spot. You've got Giannis, of course, and you know, Giannis with his versatility, he can always slide down and play a little small forward if need be. Uh backing him up, we got Urson again. Uh, who's had a nice preseason, um, DJ Wilson, who showed flashes last year, but has really been unable to consistently be available. A, a, a lot of a lot of injuries for him. Is his first two two and a half years in the league, three years in the league, he's been banged up. He was banged up last preseason. He was banged up this preseason. And for these young guys, you know, when you get hurt like that and you don't get those uh, those preseason reps, it really sets you back a little bit. So not sure what they're going to get out of him. And then uh, Dragon Bender, uh, who was, I think, the third pick in the draft four years ago, they signed him from Phoenix. He's 21 years old, 6'10", uh, shooter, um, I want to say from Croatia, Slovenia, one of those countries over there. A very intriguing prospect that was in an awful situation in Phoenix, and... Um, I'm really. I don't think we'll see him much, if at all, this year. You know, uh, only in in real late game blowout situations. But I'm anxious to see this coaching staff get to work with him, and um, you know, maybe maybe by next year he might be a rotation piece coming off the bench. So, and then at the center position, we got the two Lopez boys, Brooke and Robin. Um, Robin is not known as much of a shooter, but he has. Uh, Showing his range a little bit in the preseason, knocking some threes down. Um, he's he's a very physical player. It's it's really, you know, when they signed him, the first thing I thought of was they brought him in to combat the bigs on Philadelphia with Embiid and Horford, which I'm perfectly fine with. Um, I think it's going to be a nice, nice compliment to each other to have both the Lopez's. I think there are going to be times in certain situations that they're on the floor at the same time. Um, probably not for very long stretches, maybe, you know, three, four minutes at a time. But, um, again, matchup dictated. I I think, uh, we could certainly see that. So, um, so that's, that's kind of the roster in the depth chart. Um, you know, what are my concerns going into the year? I still think they need another playmaker, um, you know, Bledsoe and Middleton are okay at it. You know, um Chris is an average ball handler. Bledsoe's an slightly above average ball handler. Even Giannis isn't a great ball handler. He's a great ball handler for his size, but you know, overall he's he's pretty average. Um Giannis is a guy that's gonna attract a lot of attention. Other than that, they don't really have anybody that's that's going to be able to to do that. Um this is an area where i do think they will miss brogdon to an extent i think probably more in the playoffs they will miss him in the regular season um, i'm a, i'm i'm concerned about bledsoe in the playoffs you know the last 2 years um, he has not been good he had an excellent regular season last year which led to him being a uh, all defense but i don't know what happens to this guy in the playoffs it's it's like he I don't know if he's psyched out or if he gets nervous or what, but he's been a completely different player in the postseason, so they got to figure something out. Um, I'm a little concerned about Budenholzer in the postseason. Um, he had some good teams in Atlanta, and he had a really good team with the Bucs last year. And, you know, a lot of times with these coaches that are, you know, that kind of get labeled the offensive wizard, like a, like a Mike D'Antoni, Budenholzer kind of falls into that. Same category, they're a little bit hesitant sometimes to change what it is that they do when you get into a playoff series, and I, I think the the stubbornness and the unwillingness to adjust last year in the Eastern Conference Finals really hurt the Bucks. So I, I'm I'm hopeful that they learn from that. Um, the rotations are going to be interesting to see because they do have some new parts. Um, kind of who who plays well together. You know, a lot of people just think in basketball, you throw your five best guys out there, and that's, that's that. Uh, it doesn't work that way. Some guys play better with certain people. Some guys play very poorly with other people. So um, it's, I guess, you know, I put it in the concern column. It's not a huge deal. I think they'll figure it out over the 82-game season, but it'll be something to watch. And then lastly, can Giannis expand his game? Yeah. Um, You know, he said this offseason he thinks he's at 60% of his peak. Um, You know, I think that other 40% that he's talking about is is with his shot. You know, can he expand his range a little bit? I know, you know, you listen to the national media and everybody talks about him having to make three-pointers. I don't even know that that's the case. I think he needs to be a threat at the three-point line where he can shoot 33% and, and be a guy that you have to honor. But, you know, I look at him kind of like I looked at Dirk Nowitzki, where you get him in that 15, 18, 19-foot range. Those are the shots where at 7 feet tall with the with the the wingspan that he has, it's an impossible shot to block. And if he can get that down to to being kind of a signature move for him, kind of like it was for Dirk, I think that could be virtually unstoppable. Um, I, I think the one thing, other than the three point shooting, that you would knock Giannis on is when things are going tough, he doesn't really have a move. You know, Jordan had the fadeaway. Um, James Harden's got the step back three. Steph Curry had the deep three. Kawhi Leonard's kind of got that mid range pull up. Not sure what Giannis's move is. Right now, it's just been kind of put your head down and try to dunk on somebody, but. As he found out as he got deeper into the playoffs last year, that's a little more difficult to do. Um, positives for this team, uh, cohesion. You know, they're bringing back four starters. They're bringing back some guys off the bench in in Hill, Connaughton, DiVincenzo, Brown, Urson, uh, Wilson. Uh, so there's a lot of guys that that are familiar with each other and know the offense going in. I think that's going to be a big help, especially early on. Um this team has a chance again to be a top five defensive team in the league, as they were last year. Um, I believe last year I, they were either first or second in the NBA in rebounding. They were first and second in the NBA in blocks. Um, you know, with the two Lopez's, Giannis, Urson, Middleton, who rebounds well for his position and is a and is a pretty big guy for his position. Um, I look for the Bucks to be very, very good on the perimeter again. Um, you know, Brogdon was a nice defender out there, but I think the combo of Matthews, Connaughton, DiVincenzo, and Brown can can more than uh, pick up for that. So that's pretty much what I got for the Bucs. Um, like I said, I'm very excited. Uh, I'm as excited for this season as any NBA season I can remember, probably since 2002, which was the last time the Bucks were coming off a season of making the conference finals. Uh, that year, they went out and signed Anthony Mason, and he was a big turd and completely ruined that team. Um, thankfully, nothing like that is going to happen to this team. Um, just too much talent, and uh, and a guy in Giannis who who just won't let that let that be. So, all right, let me get a little swig of water here. Man, you do these solo shows, you talk for twenty minutes straight. That's a lot. You don't realize. Whew! All right. All right, let's get to the rest of the league here. Um, probably the craziest free agent summer of all time. I think over a billion dollars in contracts was was signed. Um, you had some huge names changing teams. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Mike Conley, Chris Paul, Al Horford, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler. Um, all those guys changed teams. All of them, other than Conley, have been an all-star at one time or not in their career, and and Conley probably should have been. So a lot of big names have moved around the league. So um, I'll try my best to kind of fill you in as we go on to where where all these guys landed. Um, Unfortunately for for NBA fans, no Klay Thompson this year, no Kevin Durant this year. Uh, Clay with the torn ACL in the finals, Durant with the torn Achilles in the finals. Those guys are have both pretty much come out and said they don't plan on playing this year. Um, so that's that's kind of a bummer um, for just the general basketball fan. Um, another bummer we got Zion Williamson, um, who's going to be out six to eight weeks with a torn meniscus, which has brought up some concerns about him and his body. Um I mean, the dude is just—he's just a specimen. He's built—he—he's built like Le, uh, a cross between like LeBron and and Barkley. You know, he's got the muscle of LeBron, but he's got some of the baby fat like Barkley did. Um, he's definitely going to have to lose weight to take some pressure off those joints. You just—you're—you're you're just a little concerned that you—you you hope he's not the next Derrick Rose. I mean, everything that Zion does. His jumps, his cuts, his his acceleration—it's all—it's so violent and and it's it's the quick twitch muscles and and the torque on the knees and you know that's kind of what was the demise of Derrick Rose—he was kind of a a point guard version of that—and unfortunately, it kind of derailed his career. Hopefully, that doesn't happen with Zion. I, I you know people I I think are getting a little ahead of themselves with that. He probably needs to drop ten or twelve pounds, but. Um, I think he's going to be a heck of a player for, for a long time. So, um, there are a few guys in the league right now that I think um, you got to watch for uh, some trade deadline deals. And uh, one of the teams that I think is a possibility of being in the mix for that, depending on how things go, is the Bucs. They do have some assets they could move if they wanted to, uh, you know, make a run at a title this year, and think they only they need one more piece. Um, I think Chris Paul. In Oklahoma City is a guy that would love to be traded. He's got an awful contract that's going to be tough to move, but um, I certainly think Oklahoma City is going to explore every option to do that. Um, Blake Griffin, I mean, Detroit's going nowhere. He's kind of, you know, his career is just kind of evaporating in the Motor City. Um, you know, at best, they're a 7 or an 8 seed in the East. He could be a guy that's on the move, but he's another guy with a big fat contract that I'm not sure people are going to want to take on. Um, and then a couple guys off the defending champs: Kyle Lowry and Mark Gasol. Um, Lowry is on; uh, he, he's got one more year after this, and and Gasol's on an expiring. I think Toronto's actually going to be pretty good this year, so those guys may not get dealt. But you know, if the Raptors decide they want to they want to go full rebuild, you could see both of those guys getting moved. So. Um, so let's hop into uh, kind of my playoff picks. We'll Start with the West, by far the deeper of the two conferences. Um, I think there's 11 teams that can realistically say they they have a shot to make the playoffs in the West. 11 out of 15. Um, Oklahoma City, Memphis, Minnesota, and Phoenix. I think you can you can pretty much pencil them in the lottery right now. You know those are teams that are. Um, in in rebuild modes or or have been in rebuild modes and are, are trying to figure out a way to get over the hump um especially in minnesota you got wiggins and and in towns who combined for the next four years are making about 60 million dollars a year combined that's pretty rough um you know you're when you're talking about winning 30 35 games a year and not making the playoffs that's a lot of money to pay a couple guys that are uh that aren't getting it done, but um, so we'll start here. I'm going to do this in order of of what I believe the seeding will be for the West. Um, number one seed, I I think, is going to be the Denver Nuggets, and that might raise a few eyebrows considering they probably have the least amount of star power of the top four or five teams in the West. But um, these guys went to uh, the conference finals or the the conference semifinals last year. They won 55 games. They've got uh, Nikola Jokic, who is one of the best centers in basketball. Got a ton of young talent, and I, I really think the experience that these guys gained last year in the playoffs is going to carry over to this season. And and in the regular season, I, I think Denver's the kind of team, because they are young, the 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 number one seed matters more to them than it would maybe a veteran team like the Lakers or the Rockets. Um, the number two seed, I got the Clippers. Um, Adding Kawhi Leonard, adding Paul George, obviously, you're talking about two of the 10 or 12 best players in the league. Kawhi Leonard might be the best player in the league. Um, I watched them against the Lakers last night in the opening game, and they Paul George is going to be out probably six weeks or so. With, he had some shoulder surgeries in the offseason, so they're not even going to be full strength until probably Christmas. Um, they were really impressive last night. I mean, they put a hurting on the Lakers. Um, so I think that's a, (laughs) I think that's a definite team to be reckoned with in the West. Uh, the third seed, I got the Rockets. Um, I think they might have the best starting five in the NBA. You know, you got a backcourt of Russ Westbrook and, and James Harden and Eric Gordon. Um, then you throw Clint Capella in there and PJ Tucker. That's, that's a heck of a five. They, they don't have much on the bench. Um, but that's, you know. When you're when you're trotting out a five, something like that, that's that's a tough team to go up against, especially in a regular season game. So I, I look for them to uh, be in the mix. I think I think Denver, the Clippers, the Rockets, and the Lakers are all going to be within a couple of games of each other for the number one seed. But like I said, for for the Clippers, the Rockets, and the Lakers, I think they're going to be more apt to rest guys than than Denver will, um, which leads me into the four seed, which will be the Lakers. Obviously, they make the trade for Anthony Davis. They've got LeBron James. Uh, their problem is they don't have much after that. Um, Kyle Kuzma is their third guy. He's shown that he can score a little bit, doesn't really do much else. You know, they're counting on some old guys, JaVale McGee, Rondo. Um, not sure what those guys have left. Um, the LeBron James thing's interesting. Um, there's, there's, there's kind of two camps with him. There's the camp that still thinks he's the best player in the world, that, you know, that are gonna ride or die with him, kind of like people did with Kobe a couple years ago. And then there's another camp which I'm in that's kind of like, <sighs> this is year seventeen for LeBron, and he has played forty six thousand minutes in his career, which uh, I think is twenty first all time. Um. Only six guys ever have played 50,000 minutes Kareem, Carl Malone, Dirk, Kevin Garnett, Jason Kidd, and Alvin Hayes. Uh, LeBron's about 3,700 minutes away from hitting the 50,000 mark. So, you know, it's not so much the fact that he's 34, because to me, that's not old. Um, it's the mileage we saw it last year with with the the groin pull and then some of the nagging injuries you know and the key to the Lakers is can how many games do he and Anthony Davis play I mean Anthony Davis has had his own injury troubles so um you know LeBron I, uh, there are people that say he's being disrespected I, I think he's being properly respected I think when you look at the body of work and and the the mileage on him I think it's kind of unrealistic to expect him to be the LeBron James that we saw five, six, seven years ago. Um, I think this guy that we're going to see going forward is a guy in a different phase of his career that's, you know, the days of averaging 27, 28 are probably over. He's probably a 22 to 24-point guy. Um, but that might be okay. We'll see. Fifth seed, I got the Utah Jazz. Um, they they will probably be the best or second-best defensive team in the league. They went out and got Mike Conley at the point guard position, which is a huge get. Um, I really, really like this team a lot. If they slid ahead of any of the teams that I had already mentioned, um, you know the Clippers, the Rockets, the Lakers, or the Nuggets, I would not be shocked. Um, very deep, uh, very well coached, professional guys: Conley, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles. Um, I, I think this is uh this is gonna be a fun team to watch. Number six, you got Portland. Uh they got a great backcourt in Lillard and McCollum. Um unfortunately they don't have a lot else to go with that right now. Um Yusuf Nurkic had that awful broken leg at the end of the season. Um he's probably not going to be back until after the all-star break. Uh they went out and traded for Hassan Whiteside from the Miami Heat. I don't look for that to be a good deal for Portland. Um Whiteside's for lack of a better term, he's he's just a pain in the ass. He's a malcontent. Um he's got talent, but you know, he's just he's just one of those guys that's never happy and and I, I don't know that it's gonna work out well for Portland. Number seven, I got the the uh reliable old Spurs. Um, you know, what do you what do you say? They they just do what they do. Popovich is is one of the great coaches of all time. They got DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, one one guy did not sleep on with the Spurs. Kid named Deont- Deont- Deontay Murray. Blew his knee out last year um, in what would have been his second year, so this will be his third year in the league. He's a point guard, and they are extremely high on this kid. Um you don't hear that come out of San Antonio very much, where they're bragging up one of their own guys. But they were bragging him up big time last year before he got hurt, and by all accounts, he's a hundred percent back. So, um, a nice young player for the for the Spurs to build around. And number eight, I'm gonna just out of respect, I'm gonna give it to the Warriors. Um, it's gonna be tough for them. You know, no Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant left, Igadala left. DeMarcus Cousins left, um, so you've you've got Draymond Green, you've got Steph Curry, you got nothing else. Um, you know, most average basketball fans that you know don't pay a lot of attention to this would would believe that Golden State won these titles the last couple years because of their offense. That's not why they won. They won because of their defense. You know, they had one of the all-time great perimeter defenders in NBA history in Andre Iguodala, another all-time great defender on the perimeter in Klay Thompson, and a great, great versatile defender in Kevin Durant. Those guys are gone. Steph Curry is not a defensive player. I'm not sure how they stop anybody. I think you might see some Golden State games that are up in the 120s, 130s this year. Um, I'm going to give them the eight seed out of respect Um the Dallas Mavericks with uh, Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, uh, the Sacramento Kings with their young guys, De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, uh, or the Pelicans with when if Zion comes back with the guys they got in the Anthony Davis trade, uh, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. They already had Drew Holiday. Any one of those three could sneak into that eight spot, but for now I'm gonna give the respect to the Warriors. So, so that's that's my eight in the West. Uh, moving on to the East, my number one seeds the Bucks. Um, I already went over over that team pretty thoroughly, so we'll we'll move on to number two, uh, which will be Philadelphia. This is a team that I've I've been scratching my head at. You know, listening to the all the all the pundits, all the national media, uh, they've really been drooling over this team, and I'm I'm not sure why. Um. They signed Al Horford. They did a sign and trade. They traded Jimmy Butler to Miami, get Josh Richardson in return. I'm not sure. I don't know why people think they're better than last year. Um, basically, they 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 trade out Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick and bring in Al Horford and Josh Richardson. Uh, I th- I think that's a downgrade. Um, I'm not sure. I, I understand why they went out and got Horford because Giannis, the last two years has absolutely destroyed Philadelphia. They have no answer for him. Ben Simmons is too small and beads too slow. They got nothing for Giannis. So they went out and got Horford to kind of be the Giannis stopper, but I'm not sure they, they obviously didn't watch the Bucks Celtics playoff series last year. Cause Giannis absolutely destroyed Horford. He made him look like an old man. Um, and that's another guy with a lot of miles on him. The other thing I don't understand about Philadelphia and everybody drooling over him is they can't shoot their best. Their two best shooters are their centers Horford and Embiid. They have no shooting on the wings. Tobias Harris is a good shooter, but he's not a three point shooter. Ben Simmons doesn't want to shoot three pointers. Um, JJ Reddick, who's one of the great shooters of all time, walks out the door and you don't really replace him. Um, I don't know. Uh, they're, they're going to be very good. They're, they're, They're them and the bucks are the two best teams in the East, but I'm not sure I'm quite buying into the hype for those guys yet. Uh, Number three, I got the Celtics Um, signed Kemba Walker to replace Kyrie Irving. Um, This is another team that's got a lot of talent in, in Kemba, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward. Boston's problem is they have no size. Um, anytime they play anybody with some good bigs, I think they're in trouble. Um, Number four, I got the Raptors. I still think this is a good team, even though they lost Kawhi Leonard. Um, they got some tough, proud, old-school guys on that team, and in, in Kyle Lowry, Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka. Pascal Siakam is a budding star. Um, I think they are going to surprise people and be a very good team again this year. Number five in the East, I got the Miami Heat. Uh, the big acquisition was Jimmy Butler. And uh, you know they're building towards something. I I I'm not sure that you can you can look at them and say that they're a team that is going to win a, a playoff series. But um, I think after the first four, I I think Miami's kind of the best of the rest of the East. Um, number six, the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, they signed uh, Irving and Durant. No Durant this year. It's going to be the Kyrie show. Uh, This this Nets team has less talent than last year's Boston team. I can't imagine Kyrie Irving leading this team higher than this five or six seed. Um, So that's where I got him sitting at six. Indiana at seven. Uh, Victor Oladipo, uh, I think it was a torn quad or a ruptured patella tendon, something like that, that he did at the end of January last season. Um, He's not back yet. He's probably not going to be back till the first of the year. I really think that this team's going to struggle to score without him. Um, a lot's going to be put on Malcolm Brogdon's shoulders early on, and I'm going to be very curious to see how he responds to that. Um, number eight, I, I got the Pistons. Um, kind of just based on their roster a little bit. I, I don't think they're a very good team, but, you know, they have Blake Griffin. They signed Derrick Rose. They've got Andre Drummond. So, you know, some big-name guys. Um They could sneak into the playoffs as one of these bottom seeds, but inevitably they're just cannon fodder for Milwaukee or Philadelphia in the first round. Um, Orlando made the playoffs last year. You know, them or Detroit could sneak into that last spot, but after that, you've got Atlanta, Chicago, Cleveland, New York, Washington, and Charlotte. Um, It's a pretty pretty good sized poo poo platter at the bottom of the of the East. You know, Atlanta, Chicago. They could maybe take a step up from last year. Some of their young guys get better, uh, but I don't. I don't see any of those teams making the playoffs. So, so that's uh, that's kind of my rundown of the playoff teams. MVP, I got Giannis repeating. Um, Anthony Davis, I could see being in the running. Maybe LeBron. Maybe Steph Curry, if, if if he's able to drag Golden State to 50 wins. But I, I just think Milwaukee's going to be in that 55-60 to 60 win range again, and uh, Giannis is going to put up mammoth numbers. I, I don't see anybody, you know, unless James Harden, again, has one of these crazy years, but with Westbrook next to him, I think, I think his numbers are going to be a little bit more of where they've been the last few years. So I look for Giannis to win that. Um, I mean, I... Rookie of the year, I had Zion for sure. Now I don't know if he's going to miss two months. You may be looking at Ja Morant down in Memphis, because um, they're going to give him the ball and let him play. And I have a feeling he's going to put up some pretty good numbers. Um, I got the Bucks winning the East over Philadelphia. I got the Clippers winning the West over Houston, and I have the Clippers beating the Bucks in the NBA Finals. Um, so that 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 kind of wraps up my. My prediction the prediction machine that lives in my head I'm sure uh that was riveting for everybody to listen to <sighs> one last thing to wrap up with um it's always fun you know as as a guy that grew up you know i'm a basketball guy I grew up playing it i've been around the game for 30 years um playing it watching it even coaching it a little bit um was fortunate to play for a long time and, and got to play against some guys that, that ended up being in the NBA. And so I, I always like to kind of keep track of guys that either played college ball or grew up in Wisconsin that are currently in the league. Um, so I just wanted to run through that real quick. Um, we've got five guys from Marquette. Uh, you got Jimmy Butler, Wes Matthews, Jay Crowder, Um, who is on Memphis, Henry Ellenson, who signed a two-way deal with the Nets, and Deontay Burton, who's a Milwaukee Vincent uh, product, played three years at Marquette before transferring uh, to Iowa State for his last year. Um, He is on Oklahoma City. Curiously, only one Badger left in the league, um, and that is Frank Kaminsky. Frank signed this year with... uh, phoenix after spending uh, the first three or four years in charlotte uh sam decker is no longer in the league he is playing in russia uh john Luer is not on a roster he was traded to the bucks um for tony snell before the draft bucks ended up buying him out so he is not on a roster at this time and uh devin harris um who had a pretty awesome 16 year career one of the one of the best careers that any kid out of Wisconsin has ever ever had, and and by out of Wisconsin I mean any part of it, either going to school here or or growing up here. Uh, but you get sixteen year sixteen years of getting NBA checks. That's a that's a hell of an accomplishment. And um, I don't think Devin is officially retired, but he is also not on a roster. Um, we got a guy from UW Green Bay, uh, Alfonso McKinney, spent last year with the Warriors. Um, this year he is on the Cleveland Cavaliers and then, uh, just a couple guys that, that played high school ball here in Wisconsin. Uh, Kevon Looney still with golden state, uh, Tyler hero from over, uh, by Milwaukee played one year at Kentucky last year and was a lottery pick of the Miami heat. Um, sounds like he might even get the start down there at, at the two and, uh, him and Jimmy Butler have been become fast friends with the, uh, the 414 connection is as jimmy butler was calling it the other day um, matt thomas kid that's uh, from alaska up north played his college ball at iowa state he recently signed with toronto and lastly we have giannis's little brother kostas uh, i believe he is on a two-way deal with the lakers and kostas uh, played his high school ball over in whitefish bay so you know you got about 15 guys um from Wisconsin or with Wisconsin ties that are in the NBA, that's that's pretty cool. And you know, if you're maybe if you're not a particular fan of a, a certain team, if you're not a Buck fan or something, but you're just a casual fan, uh, it's kind of cool to be able to see these guys that you know maybe we watched in in college or you heard about as high school players uh, get to fill, fulfill their dream and, and get some time in the NBA. So. All right, folks, well, that about wraps it up. I'm sure this was riveting as always. I know I just, you know, whenever I do these solo things, everybody just loves it to death. I don't get the the banter of, of my partner, Josh Goldberg. I'm sure he's terribly, terribly sad that he's not here to, to listen to this, but hopefully a few of you will. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, you know, anytime I get to sit down and, and talk basketball with people, I'm all about it, whether it's the NBA, college, or high school. Um, you know, it's it's like I said, it's been a passion of mine for 30 years. I don't think it'll ever leave me. Um, unfortunately, my my body doesn't allow me to play much anymore. But but uh, thankfully, I get to watch 80 buck games, 30 Marquette games, and and what about 40 high school games? So uh, a lot of basketball for me coming up in the next couple months. So appreciate you just sticking with us as always. You can catch me on Twitter at Dan Saunders 104. You can hit Josh up at Josh Goldberg. We will be back on our regular schedule, hopefully Monday. Get back into the football again. Listen to me complain and cry about my shitty ass Bears. God, they're garbage. Ugh, I don't even want to think about it. All right, folks, enjoy the uh, the opening week of the NBA. Check the Bucs out tomorrow night on TNT against the Rockets and Saturday afternoon at home against Miami. And we will catch you down the road. Go Bucks!